Welcome to Healthcare 2030. This program features conversations and interviews with respected healthcare industry experts discussing the latest topics regarding current issues today and the future of healthcare, innovation, and technology. To learn more about OxioHealth, head over to oxiohealth.io. That's www.oxiohealth.io. Now here's your host, Noel Guillama. Welcome to Healthcare 2030. My name is Noel Guillama, and I'd like to introduce my partner, Carl Larson. How are you doing, Carl? I'm doing great, Noel. Thank you very much. It's a warm one out there today, but uh, nice and comfortable in here. Well, um, it was interesting this morning or this afternoon coming in here because we took our temperatures and made sure we did the questionnaire and everybody is good to go. Our offices are effectively closed, but our little impromptu studios in the office, so we came into the office. How do you feel? I feel great. Yep. Um, what's the subject we're going to talk about today? We're talking about, uh, we're picking up from where we left off on the last podcast. We're going to talk about technology some more in the broad sense of telemedicine, remote care, and how that is affecting our population now, as well as how that is being used by the physicians, both primary care and, and others, and then talk somewhat about uh, telemedicine and the, uh, the two-edged sword that it represents. So uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting podcast today, I think. Well, we, we're living in interesting times. Um, we have seen recently the ebb and flow of, of, uh, of, of people that have tested positive for COVID, uh, in particularly in the South where we're at, and particularly in Florida where we're at, um, even in our in our county where we're at. Uh, this morning, the governor basically closed down all the bars, uh, not the restaurants with bars, but the bars, because there seemed to be a little spike. And the weather has been pretty hot, so I think there have been a lot of people on the beaches. Um, and, you know, healthcare is chugging along. Uh, a lot of problems, a lot of challenges, hospitals. Uh, I know the hospitals in the area, and I know a few are literally at capacity in their ICUs. Um, no crisis yet, uh, and hopefully there isn't one. Um, but others are, compl- are relatively empty, um, and there's certainly a lot of capacity in the area. Um, there's been a lot. Of, I've had a lot of conversations with doctors over the last few days uh, as to what's really going on, um, confirming, for the most part, our, our belief and expectations. Um, I've seen some interesting things happen with managed care companies and insurance companies. Maybe we could talk about that. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I, I predicted in our, our blog is that uh, insurance companies uh, were going to do relatively, that's a bad word to use, but relatively well because most people were going to defer either by law, by requirements, or by own concern, which generally referred to as elective care. Uh, and that's a big chunk of health care. Uh, and sometimes you can only defer it. You can't change it. So if you need you know, hip surgery or you need, you know, uh, certainly uh, some kind of cardiac surgery, uh, eye surgery, those things can be deferred a little bit, but they're going to come back. Um, but there's there's been a humongous drop uh, in that. We talked about mm-hmm. in a couple of podcasts ago about, you know, hospital losing, I think it was a billion and a half dollars a day. A day, yeah. um, That's gotten better. 
But um, there's a lot of concern at the physician level, of, of really a lot of concerns. At, at the primary care level, there's huge concerns. At the special level, there are huge concerns. Um, and um, uh, I, I think that we're, we're getting into in a crossroads. And obviously, our bullet philosophy is very simple, as we believe that technology is going to make it better. It's not going to, you know, it's not a miracle. It's not a uh, magic, as I told somebody last week. We will talk about that. But it is an it is a very viable solution, as well as changing the dynamics of the way doctors get paid, um, changing um, the, the way the consumerism we've talked about. All of those things together, okay, um, can work. And I and I've sometimes said that that healthcare is is not only the largest, at least historically, has been the largest problem um, in in our society. Uh, but it's incredibly complex. I, I yes. said it, when people talk about, and sometimes you know, um, personalities talk about, we need sort of a, uh, a a moon mission for healthcare, a moon rocket. Uh, back it was nineteen, you know, the nineteen sixties, and 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 uh, John F. Kennedy, and talk about, you know, we're going to go to the moon, uh, and we're going to bring you know bring them back. That is child's play to healthcare. Because there's, it is not just so big; it's so dynamic. You're dealing with people's lives, as we've talked about over and over. You've got nine to ten thousand new people entering, you know, Medicare, um, and there are consequences. And that's, and that's a day, a that's day, every day. That's a good point yeah, to remember. <laughs> it's such yeah. a big number; it's hard. It's like sometimes I, uh, I've, I've been speaking about healthcare, and I talk about it in millions. And, and or I talk about billions, and I'm like, really, it's trillions. So it just it's hard to grasp. So yeah, how did you want to start? Well, I think that you know you started out in a good place talking about uh, the elective surgeries and and those things that uh, had been put off, whether um, at the patient's choice or because they were forced to. Um, and you know, we did also see that there were a lot of people that because they did postpone treatment that they were that they were scheduled for whether it was an elective surgery or just treatment with their physician their their situation got worse right. and so what we are seeing in the economy is we're we're looking for a a rebound uh, what we're seeing in healthcare is a rebound and that rebound now is people who are beginning to flood back and surge back into the healthcare system uh, some of some of the technology now that that we are going to discuss the the telemedicine has proven valuable to the physician in monitoring a patient to a degree but there have been limitations to what they can do and and we had discussed some of those with uh, the OBGYN uh, and some of the primary care practices that can use telemedicine but only up to a certain point so maybe we can discuss a little bit some of the issues surrounding telemedicine and remote care because as you mentioned the hospitals uh, some of the hospitals here are saying their their intensive care units pretty well full and that's that's significant so if some of those patients could be moved elsewhere or even elsewhere within the hospital and still monitored as they are in in the ICU, that would relieve a lot of the strain in the in the hospital. So, I uh, I think that there's a a lot of value in telemedicine. There's a lot of value in the technology, 
but everything comes with a pro and a con. So what are your thoughts? Well, that's a really great subject. Um, I, I am a huge believer in, in, in remote care and, and, and the, the, everything that means r relative to remote care. Um, obviously, we talked about in the, in the last podcast, and we've talked about many times about the, the need to aggregate the sort of universal personal health record um, with the IoT, with the telemedicine. Um, th that is fundamental. So you can't, it's sort of like having a great engine and a bad transmission and, and you know, and barely an axle. It, the car is going to have some issues. Right. They have to work hand in hand, uh, interactive and, and, and sort of similar that we've been having in computers the way, for example, you know, Microsoft Office works. Right. It, it really has to move together. That's the way we need to do it. We don't have that. Right. Um, and I think last time we also talked about, we were going to talk about about the, the interoperability, and maybe, maybe we'll do that for another time because that's also important. All that has to fit together and, and well, work together. The, the seamless interaction of, of patient records between different medical record programs is, uh, is an issue. That's, right. That's, that's uh, not even, that's, that's core to interoperability. Sure, so when you talk about telemedicine and technology and what's happening today is you've had a huge contraction, okay? But think about it, you know, as sort of what happens, and we know a little bit about it, what happens when you have a tsunami, okay? Is the first reaction, if you're, you know, literally at, at the edge of, of the ocean, is the, way, the, the water actually retracts. Right. Okay? Because it basically comes in, you know, with, this, with the, sort of the force of the tsunami. So what happens is immediate, the immediate reaction after we shut down, uh, as as a country and a society was to do nothing, okay? So for, for whether it was days or weeks, there was not much they can do. The consumer, the patient's trying to figure out. The doctor, the doctor's handling whatever crisis he can handle, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and and there's sort of that first reaction, realizing whether, remember originally we're talking about shutting down for two weeks, okay? Then it turned into four weeks, and now it's turned into a longer, much longer time. And we were talking about opening up an office, our office, literally on Monday. That's not going to happen um, because the conditions aren't 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 good enough for yeah. us to open our office. So that's the first thing that happened. Is sort of the shock of the event. The second event is the government reacted. The United States said basically we're going to allow you to do telemedicine and use effectively off-the-shelf stuff that's not HIPAA compliant. That doesn't mean it's it's not. It wouldn't be HIPAA compliant. It's just not HIPAA compliant. You don't have a business associate agreement and all the protocols that normally required. So you could literally use, you know, Skype and 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 Zoom and you know the all the all, all the platforms that are available to have two-way communications. Um, and that was fantastic. So you had patients that had almost no care for less really critical mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks. Okay, or or obviously they went to the emergency room, but that was that was a big shock and then eventually you had this big wave mm -hmm. of telemedicine but i talked to a doctor literally yesterday and we talked about this i'm like i want i'm always checking my belief and philosophies and he said noel um telemedicine in my specialty is okay it it helps a little bit um but i can achieve i think he said 80% of anything that he needs to a patient he can't see over the phone, okay? Um, and that's basically the beginnings of telemedicine, over the phones, yeah. okay, today. Uh, how do you feel, what's your temperature, all those basic things. And we talked also about last last week about 
having to rely on the patient to take his temperature, to do this blood pressure and all those things that need to be done. With IoT devices, it would be automatic. You could see it. Mm -hmm. and, and we also talked before about sort of what happens with you know air traffic control. It's, if it's normal, it's normal. If, it's, if it isn't, then you got to act on it. So he said, it, it's a cool thing to have. Um, in other professions, it may, or in other specialties, it may, may be a value. But for me, it is limited of value. Information is not limited value, but literally having a two-way video conversation is of limited value. Does it make the patient feel better? Probably. But a doctor at the end of the day is a scientist, okay? So he just needs data and information and based on the history of the patient. Um, so telemedicine has tremendous value. I believe in it completely without question. But as I said to somebody last week, um, it's not magic. It, re it really isn't magic. And let me give you an example. Literally, as we were walking into our broadcast studio, and I, for the people listening, I'm using the air quotes, um, basically, I just saw an article that said two things about telemedicine. This is from an industry journal, and they were saying two things. One, is there a concern about malpractice? Yes. Okay? They're starting to alert doctors that a couple of things. A, sometimes a malpractice may have not had telemedicine as a sort of covered service, okay? It may have been incidental because a doctor's always on the phone, but not when you're making uh, potentially uh, a material amount of your revenue. And we'll talk about that utilization. At the peak, which happened already, by the way, it was like a month ago, a month and a half ago, the peak of telemedicine, some doctors and some activities um, were 40 50%. So some doctors were able to interact with patients 40%, 50%, which is great because they were able to financially survive and the patients were able to get care. That number has contracted dramatically. And the facts that I saw yesterday was that people over 75 had effectively 97% returned to the doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. So th that means that there was only sort of 3% for telemedicine. Right Now you could say, well, maybe there were more interactions, the number still probably single digits. And if you remember, we talked about last time, the number had been single digits, less than 5%. That's correct. Yeah. So I think the new trend line in telemedicine is going to be a lot higher. I, I think it'll probably be more than 10%, which is 100% more than the previous trend line. Okay. But people over 65 and 70, 75 is 3%. Right. I think people over 65, between 65 and 75, was around 5%. Right. So that, means, so, so that means 95% of the patient volume, okay, guess I, I didn't say it right, 95% of the patient volume, historical patient volume of patients over 65 has returned to the doctor's office. Right. Now, again, if you go younger, the number's different, okay? I, th I think the lowest number I saw from this trade journal said that, that uh, the people, and by the way, pediat pediatrician was actually really low. Yeah. Uh, it was in the, I, I think they said that about 80% had not returned to a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. um, and, then it, and then obviously different ages changed between sort of that, that, that sort of 20, 30%, let's call it 30%, all the way up to the, the over 70 at, at 97%. Right. And a lot of those, to, to reiterate too what you were saying, a lot of those over 75 are where the majority of our at-risk patients are. Uh, and I would suspect, and I read a couple of articles that intimated this, that a lot of those telemedicine interactions were done with the caregiver present. 
they weren't done particularly with the patient and doctor alone. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of ancillary activity involved with that with with telemedicine in, in the elder uh, population, and that's and that's that's a big part of the part of the issue, I think. Sure, sure. Let me give you another point of reference. And we've been talking about designing a new sort of modern medical office. One of the things that telemedicine can be used for incredibly well is consultation. Right. And I and I know I talked about in a previous podcast about a deal that I tried to put together back in 1997 with UCLA Medical Centers and our radiology company, the radiology company that we had. The idea was to have UCLA radiologists sort of supervise or give an opinion on the work that my radiologists were doing. Mm -hmm. um, it was done for two reasons. One is in, it, it, the pers the reality of quality, even though we had a Harvard-trained uh, radiologist, uh, UCLA carries a lot of re you know reputation, a lot of volume. Um, we were doing maybe 10,000 MRIs a year. You know, they're doing a, a staggering number. So the idea was that they would sort of supervise our, our, our work. And at the time, it couldn't be done because the doctors did not have a license in the state of Florida. Right. Now, the federal government has waived that. I don't think it'll be permanent. Okay. And so I, I think that's one of the issues you're going to have. Malpractice is going to be another issue. And information because doctors uh, should be in the middle of a crisis, you do whatever you have to do. Okay. And you know that being, a, you know, an emergency management uh, expert, you do whatever you have to do. Right. Okay, you don't ask permission. You know, if a dam's going to break, you, you you know, if you got to steal a, a concrete mixture, I'm sure people are going to say that was the right thing to do, right? Um, you do whatever you have to do. So in the middle of a pandemic, you do everything you have to do. But as things become more normalized, um, I think the, the the barriers, some of the barriers will go away, but all the barriers are not going to go away. Um, I also saw uh, a couple of days ago that the federal government is talking about increasing the reimbursement of of uh, nursing home and adult care uh, for telemedicine by 3%. Now, we'll talk about that in a future blog. Right. That's better than nothing for sure, but that's not gonna tell you that's gonna move the needle mm -hmm. dramatically. Mm -hmm. So, but here's, here's, here's what I was getting to. When you're designing new offices, literally as of today, one of the big tools that the doctor can do or the property owner, designer, the architect is to build in, okay, highly um, uh, technology-driven rooms where you can have specialist consultation, co consultations. So if you have a primary care that has a patient that has an issue, let's say they have a mold, okay, something in there, especially if you're dealing over 65 or 70, and they've got a problem, then it is incredibly easy for that primary care Mm -hmm. to effectively dial up a dermatologist exactly and the dermatologist walks him through whatever he needs to do listen i need you to 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 remove that doctor can do that you know and, you know and have it gone for a, go for a biopsy or there's nothing wrong it looks okay we got the scope so you got it could even be done with a nurse practitioner i'm not saying um so i i think what you're going to have is a lot of consultations using telemedicine. So you're going to need a lot of two ways. It won't just be the doctor effectively sitting at home, okay, interacting with the patient, okay? First of all, that doctor right now has a rent that he's paying. He's got equi equipment that he's paying for. He may have employees that he's paying for, 
okay? And he eventually returns. We talked about the average doctor has like 2,000 square foot per doctor. So one of the things they're gonna be able to do is I think that, it, that interaction, okay, that barrier has been broken. That's not something that is common. That happens a lot in hospitals where one hospital will go do, use telemedicine effectively um, yeah. to, it, to go to another specialist. I think right. it's gonna be common. I think it's gonna be very common where a patient is is seen by a specialist with another healthcare professional in the room. And again, it doesn't have to be a doctor, but it could be a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And the same thing could be the, the relationship between a nurse practitioner and a doctor. Right now, at least in the state of Florida, nurse practitioners can work independently. But in many cases, they work in a relationship in a medical group with a doctor. Well, imagine if the doctor, whether he's at home or at another facility, needs to do a consultation. Normally, it's done when it's done, it's on my phone. I've got a patient, here's the issue. The doctor may not have the medical record in our perfect world, okay? Uh, where there's a universal record, he would have the record, he could see the record. And we spent a lot of time and energy building that kind of capacity. Right. Um, so you're gonna have that interaction. So I think there's gonna that's gonna be an extended role for telemedicine. Um, and I think what you're gonna have is literally you're going to have just like they're doing, you know, sort of questionnaires for a patient having an issue, and saying what what is your issue, what is the problem, and using, um, you know, machine learning, artificial intelligence, if you right. want to use it, right. literally determine where that patient can be treated uh, using telemedicine. Right. I mean, there's there there are a lot of things I could I could envision in that telemedicine huddle room within that uh, within that office. I mean infrared, all kinds of things that could be, you know, scopes where the nurse practitioner could hold it over the skin or, or look in the eye and the right. ophthalmologist is, is on the other end of the telemedicine uh, uh, portal and says, yeah, okay, we'll move, you know, and, and I, I, could, I could see a lot of that. I, I think we're going to evolve in that direction, but that is what I think we have been calling technology-infused healthcare. It's technology becoming infused in healthcare, and but it's not technology driving the healthcare. It's the reverse. It's actually healthcare that is pulling that technology in in the appropriate places. Um, I, I would kind of like to recap a little bit on the the two-edged sword of of telemedicine. You touched on it uh, just briefly, the issue of of malpractice and and physician liability. Uh, that, to me, and not being a physician and not being an attorney, I could I could see that being a potential uh, real real difficulty, uh, especially if malpractice insurance never addressed something like telemedicine. That becomes an outlier, and all of a sudden, that's really an area in which a physician isn't even covered. So it and, may be, and yeah. the problem gets even worse. Okay, um, and it gets worse when you sort of do it at large when you go across state lines. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our envision and what we're lucky to talk, we've talked about and we've used, sort of is stays within the state line. Even if you can't, even, I'm sorry. Even if you can, you probably don't want to do it. You would choose to. Um, you choose to. Yeah. Uh, so imagine a physician that is seeing a patient. Like, like here's the worst case scenario: you've got a patient, a physician seeing a patient. Okay that does not give the, the, the patient, the, the physician, all of the information. Okay? Well, they forget. E- either, either because they forget, right. okay, um, or they don't want to do it. 
okay? They, because it, it doesn't fit their purpose, whatever that, that person's purpose is. Um, All of those things can happen in, a, in, a, in an encounter visit as well. Right. I mean, yeah, but but the, the 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 you're right. But the intake. Remember, when a doctor, when when a patient goes in to see a doctor, they sign and they create a very long intake. You do some of that in telemedicine, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and the doctor gets to review it, but it doesn't have the same intensity. It doesn't have the the. It's the, not as binding. Really, it, I don't know. It, you don't have that interaction, right? Okay, as to what the patient is doing, even if you're looking at them all through a video. So it's a, it's it's a scenario yeah. that 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 is that is issue. What I can tell you is that I've talked to people in the last couple of weeks that love telemedicine at the beginning of this crisis, and they said, "Oh my God, I can't believe it! I had this issue, uh, what I call relatively minor, twenty percent easy, thirty percent not so bad." You start getting a little more than that, it becomes a real problem. And if you're over 65 or 75, that number is going to be a lot smaller unless you have the medical record uh, and you have the history of the patient. So what I that, that's a big deal. So you got you got medical malpractice, you've got uh, um, you've got knowledge and information. The doctors want to do good. I, I'm always on the side of the doctors, um, and you also have follow through, follow up. Yeah. Okay. The patient doesn't have to follow up, and the doctor doesn't have a, a requirement generally to go follow up with the patient. Right. Versus if he's a normal patient, it's a very big scenario. So I see a that that augmented, I'm going to call that that term, the augmented telemedicine, where there's another professional in the room is a very big deal. Um, I think when you have a patient that you know uh, is a very positive deal. When you have a patient that's connected, it's a very big deal. Um, and I think those are, those are very big positives. But someone literally the other day said, you know, why do we need medical offices? I'm like, well, because it goes back to my, 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 my data that I said earlier. The people over 75, 97%, 97%, 93%. 97%. Yeah, 97%. I'm sorry, I'm doing it backward. 97% of return to the doctor's practice. Right. Because, right. because, of those conditions. And so you're going to get, by the way, you're going to get sort of a big bounce in what we're going to call active care because of the people that may need surgery, that may they need procedures. But I do not believe that we're going to go back very quickly back to sort of 100% of normal. Right. Um, and I do believe also that technology can make an impact. And, and, uh, and, and, and that's a big deal because doctors are materially suffering at, at almost every level. Well, they're and they're going to continue to suffer in in many ways while they're on the the encounter based pay, payment uh, payment model uh, that we've we've talked about in previous uh, the fee for fee for service model uh, but they're they're also now in a bind because they can't pack that waiting room the way they could before and so now they're if you will uh, their throughput is less right. than what it was. So they can't even see the number of patients that they would actually need to see, let alone would want to see. But, but you know, the great thing is we talked a couple of blogs about, uh, a couple of podcasts ago about sort of that that uh, that golden rat event. Yeah. Okay. And let me tell you the positive side of that. Okay. And and I've run rat, many- rat that golden positive? A golden rat positive. It has a positive. Okay. Yeah. So let me tell you what happened is, and I've run medical, medical, many medical practices, and at times um, the 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 waiting room was packed. 
And you might say, well, that's great for business, okay? From my perspective, that's incredibly inefficient. That's inefficient for everybody. A, uh, you have too many people waiting and the doctor can only see so many people an hour, okay? By the time he writes the notes, six is an insane number to see an hour, okay? Uh, I'd like it to be more like five. Some You can't see 10, it's impossible. Um, because you've got to not just see the patient, but you got to write the notes, you got to write the prescriptions, et cetera. So what happens if you're sitting in a, in a waiting room, and I've walked into many that are friends of mine, literally, and you've got 15 people, I'm doing the math, I'm like, you got two hours worth of people sitting here, mm-hmm. okay? Which is incredibly inefficient. Well, it, no other society would do it. Unless they have a nurse practitioner. And... But even then, you've got, then you've got an hour worth of people there. Right. Oh, so what? yes, the answer, they say, well, we have a lot of cancellations. Well. Uh, we have technology today, okay, that can both tell you where the patient is. They can tell you what their on-time, you know, um, uh, record is. I mean, we, we do that with airlines. We know we know what their on-time arrival is. So we can rate a doctor, a patient. I understand. But 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 what I can tell you here uh, is that doctors could do a little, use better technology. Um, and, and again, that's where telemedicine is beneficial. You know, sort of the just-in-time uh, that, that's That, that, would, uh, that yeah. would dramatically reduce. It won't go to zero, okay? No. Um, but using better technology that tells you where they're at, okay? Um, literally got an appliance delivered in my house today, and I got a five-minute notice. I got, I got a one, you know, daily notice the day before. Mm-hmm. I got a two-hour notice and five-minute notice, okay? That was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, we don't get that with our doctors. No. They usually call us two days before. Yeah. We're lucky. We might get an email. The dentists usually are better. Chiropractors are better than doctors. Uh, why not remind somebody in an hour or two hours saying you've got an appointment in two hours and do you in the text, uh, are you going to make the appointment? Will you be on time? And they, they yes or no. Right. Well, you know, and it, you could literally, again, going back to our example that I love talking about, air traffic controllers, you figure out where that slot is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the technology is going to be. <laughs> Um, and, and, and where technology's got a great play. It, and I think that that's going to be the positives. We are going, we, okay, in healthcare, we as a society, we as a country are going to dramatically change healthcare sort of one sliver at a time because we saw all the cra- all those cracks turned into craters or, 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 or even worse, canyons. Yeah. Um, and, 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 Technology is not magic, but it, it can't be the solution. Now, the big argument, and, and you've said this many times, and I hope people get it, is that you 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 have healthcare companies looking for technology, mm-hmm. and technology companies looking for healthcare companies to sell them. Right. That that right. that that like, separation. They've been chasing each other around. Exactly. Yeah, um, that separation, I think, uh, you will see a, a material contraction. Where you literally have healthcare companies and technology companies sort of become one, mm-hmm. just like my my favorite example is Federal Express. Federal Express is 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 an airline, okay? It's mm-hmm. a delivery company. It's a logistic company. It's a technology company. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I remember giving a speech twelve years ago. I said if we could track a, a patient's record, okay, the way FedEx tracks their packages, that was twelve years ago. We're going to change healthcare Dramatic. because we still have tremendous yeah. amount of records that, that, that they can't be found, they can't be matched. Why? Because even electronically, you've got a patient that that they may may have mistyped a social security number or the date of birth. They may have used a first name. 
no initial or or an initial or the first name and a last name or the last name and no first name. You know, there's a lot of ways, even electronically, that you have a challenge finding a record. Forget about right. the paper record. Right. So all of those things are going to drive about technology, and I think will make uh, a very, very, very positive impact. Right. I would agree. And the, the yeah, I think I think technology is what is going to pull healthcare out of the ditch that it's slid into, and and is going to do what we saw back in 2016, but in a much much shorter time frame. And we are going to see technology infused. I I, I just love that term, technology infused in healthcare, and it's. Uh, it's going to be the the result is going to be lower cost, better quality of healthcare, and and a better better life and and future for our physicians as well. I think I, I completely agree. We're going to have uh, out of this is going to come <laughs> tremendous innovation uh, and a new look at the way healthcare is provided at every level, uh, from the consumer, from the provider, from the payer, from the hospital. Um, but there'll be adjustments everywhere. We'll, we'll talk. We could talk about next time. Right. So we're good. Uh, thank you very much yes. for uh, all of you that are listening to this uh, podcast. We hope it has been informative. Uh, we will continue. Um, thank you for your comments. We've gotten a lot of comments from the last couple or three that we've done um, that has been uh, uh, certainly very well received by us, uh, and we are very thankful. See you next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To learn more about our company, please check out our website at oxiohealth.io. That's www.oxiohealth.io.